Um, Our brothers and sisters, you are tuned into It Be How It Is, the podcast. This is a podcast with the goal of exploring any and all subjects pertaining to this reality. We're talking space, we're talking business, we're talking friendships, we're talking planet Earth, Mother Nature, everything. Nothing's off the table. This will be hosted by your friendly neighborhood friends, Brooklyn and Geo. We're a young couple out of Arizona, and we're in no way, shape, or form qualified to talk about any of this stuff. So feel free to make us feel bad in the comment section of our YouTube channel. Our goal is to start a discussion amongst ourselves so that we can learn to be more cohesive as a naked ape species on this wet rock spinning through space. As a token of our gratitude, we'd love to give you a bunch of gratitude points. You can spend the day being gracious for whatever you want. And if you run out, come back for more. We got too much of this stuff. Thanks again. Let's begin. And five, four, three, two, one. What's up, guys? Welcome, everyone. I hope you are all enjoying your time in quarantine, Q-teen. It is a very odd and strange time for all of us. I don't think anyone that is within our age group has experienced this ever before. I hear a lot of mixed messages, a lot of my friends that are like, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I am so bored. I'm going crazy. I'm losing my mind. And others, me, enjoying it because I do like just not doing stuff and not having to think about responsibilities because I am inherently introverted and uh, somewhat lazy, as Brooklyn would also agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, today's episode, we don't have anything planned, really. We just have... Uh, we just have some time to spend with y'all and each other, so we figured we'd hop on the mics and just uh, hang out. So I hope uh, I hope we draw some fun conclusions or good conclusions to ideas, or maybe we bring up something of value, or maybe this whole thing's a train wreck and we don't even air it. You know, it's uh, it's still all up in the air. So who knows? Up in the air, if we air it. Up in the air if we air it. That's where it is. Up in the air if we air it. Don't play with the cables, please. So we are struggling a lot with our audio. For whatever reason, we'll get a bunch of like weird feedback. And it has to do with the wires that we have. I got some really cheap mics off of Amazon. And um, I just don't know what I'm doing with audio. So do you know anyone that does audio? No. Where do I find audio people? That's another episode, audio. <laughs> <laughs> no way, I'm not going to do a whole episode to audio. I'm not at all even Anyways, passionate let's about get, that. Let's get it, let's get it. Let's get let's what? Let's get after it. <laughs> There's nothing here to get after. Um, we're going to talk about your post today. Oh, yeah. That's what we're going to get after. All right, cool. So we'll get after that. Um, also, uh, we are drinking. 
beverages that are uh we're drinking lemonade okay yeah we're drinking lemonade drinking and uh matcha or chai tea iced tea yeah and you know i I'll, it makes me dizzy it makes me it makes me spin i'll you know like a like yeah just dizziness so it's interesting anyways let me find this post geo made a post today and we're gonna talk about it because we want to. Well, you read it and you you said, "What are you, a negative person or something?" Well, okay, guys, I was in a negative mindset today, and I came in and Gio was um, making a post about like some. He's gonna read the post and go in depth with it, but it was something with like. It, I felt like it was against positive people, and I come in and I said, "What you hate positive people or something?" Mm-hmm. And I was just being mean. You were in a bad mood today. <laughs> that was funny. We're all entitled entitled to feeling bad. We all have our off days. So long as you just don't dwell on those off moments too long, and you make offness or negativeness your baseline, I think uh, I think we'll be okay. But yeah, you're everyone's entitled to their bad days, so. I just let Brooklyn basically vent and let it all out on the couch. I thought it was kind of funny. So, all right. Uh, The post. The post that we're talking about, it's Mark Manson. He's the guy that wrote the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And the post, he said, uh, five problems with the self-help industry. So, self-help unintentionally reinforces perceptions of inferiority and shame. Uh, Self-help is often yet another form of avoidance. Self-help. Uh, marketing creates unrealistic expectations. Self-help is usually not scientifically validated. And lastly, self-help is a contradiction. So I read this post and the big one that I really resonated with was that second point that self-help is often a form of avoidance. So the reason I resonated with that is because for a lot of people when they get into that like self-help space one of the first concepts that's like drilled into your head is always be positive always think positive positive thoughts only um i remember in my sales job you know it was one of our rules of the office whenever you come in you know all your problems are at the door you're always positive you you know you can only let people see a positive face and that makes sense like in a professional setting you shouldn't be putting your baggage onto everybody and you know, creating this like hostile work environment where no one wants to be there. Like you have to have a positive work environment where people where people want to be there, want to spend time. Um, the problem for me lied that I'm a bit of an extremist. So when I get into something, I'll, I'll like get all the all the way into it. And with positivity, I I was just positive all the time. Like literally, I would that same concept that applied to work, it applied to home. I'd go back home and I was like. Only say positive, positive thoughts only, positive thoughts only. Yeah. I was uh, listening to some audios by Napoleon Hill, and he said, he was saying that, you know, any negative thought that you have is like poison in the coffee, and it's going to get you further and further away from your from your goals and your dreams. And I was super goal-oriented at the time, so I was thinking, like, literally, any negative thought, like, that's going to that's gonna take me far away from my goals. So I was just, like, trying to kill all those negative thoughts, repressing them. Um, but sometimes, like, the negative, it's, it's important, right? Like, within the negativity lies the problems that you have to deal with. But I wasn't dealing with my problems because my problems were, quote-unquote, negative. 
So I never got anything done in, in those regards. So these problems kept piling up and piling up and piling up and eventually gets to the point where you can't ignore them. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that old fable of the the boy and the dragon where this boy has this little dragon and <clears throat> he tells his mom like, mom, mom, I have this dragon. And she's like, no, you don't stop lying. And the dragon grew like an inch bigger. And then he tried to tell her again, like, mom, mom, I have this like pet dragon. Check it out. She's like, you no, you don't have a pet dragon. Like those don't exist. And it grew again. And then he just kept doing this, repeating this process, trying to get his mom to pay attention to this pet dragon of his. She wouldn't, she wouldn't acknowledge it. And so eventually it grew so big that it was twice as big as the house and it destroyed the house completely because it kept growing because of her ignorance. So that story kind of related to people avoiding problems. It's like eventually the problem will grow so big or spiral, spiral so out of control that you can't ignore it. It's the only thing that's occupying your attention. So I relate to that on a deep ass level and that's why I posted that post. Yeah, so uh, here's my response to that post. I said, I've done this, stuffing down negative thoughts and emotions for the sake of staying quote unquote positive, systemically teaching myself to always put forth a false face rather than embracing my emotions and learning to work through it. Uh, the faking it till you making it process, till you make it process. Um, it's delusion, it's avoidant. You don't learn to face your problems when, uh, when you make positivity your goal face it till you make it is a better narrative to push or embrace the suck as david goggins would say so staying positive uh, becoming a better you implies that there is something broken or wrong with you you don't become better by being aggressive towards yourself so basically when people say oh i want to be the a better version of me you're saying that there's something wrong with so who, you are right who you are right now yeah, yeah. which yeah it's, it's definitely an aggression towards yourself you're putting yourself down Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, having self-compassion and learn and to learn courage is a better way to do it. Yeah. So that was my only point with that. That makes sense. I remember talking to a counselor and she was saying that when you're always being positive, you're just kind of being like, again, avoiding the problem. And then you're also kind of, you're not in this reality. Like she talked about your... Thoughts, they come into your um, frontal lobe and then they go into your limbic system and then that's how you have these sensations of like what it makes you feel like and expressing like what you feel like. And when you're not doing that and you're kind of suppressing those thoughts and you're just kind of, you're not living in like this like reality, what you're experiencing right now, you're just ignoring it. And then again, what you said is just going to like bottle up over time and you're just not letting that out. So. Hmm. Your counselor told you this? Not my counselor. I talked to a counselor. Not like for my problems, but like in general. Oh, like a high school counselor? Um, she does counseling for college. And it was like on a chat when I went to church. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but she's like study psychology. Yeah. So she was saying essentially that. Yeah, just not acknowledging your problems is not facing reality. Yeah, so she talks about, like, like the COVID-19. Like, we have mm -hmm. so many people that, you know, yeah, it's good to, like, not, you know, we don't want to <coughs> freak, freak out. out. No. <laughs> but there's, so, there's, like, a large group of people who, like, want to just be like, okay, like, let's stay positive through this. And, like, 
they're almost like not like accepting the fact that, like this is kind of scary like we don't have jobs right now like we mm-hmm. don't have you know we don't know if like, we'll get in die our family will might die you know those sort of things and um she talks about like in this time like be like an open ear for people to like vent because people need to vent people need to like mm-hmm. address their problems like what they feel like it doesn't matter if it's like you don't resonate with them but like listening mm-hmm. to them what they're going through and like feeling for them and then like that's how you deal with that problem mm-hmm. is like listening and if we don't talk about it it's just gonna like you're just kind of mm-hmm. again avoiding it that's interesting that kind of that reminds me of that that movie we watched or that documentary emotion oh energy like the energy yeah like emotion is energy and motion yeah yeah so they're one of the things that they were drilling home was like we have a bunch of like pent-up emotions a lot of it's like negative and yeah. it's just like they're in our bodies and that's where like a lot of disease and yeah hurt. it's like disease mm-hmm. yeah because it's creating disease in our minds and then it starts to create disease in your body which it is backed by science because you have like the cortisolic like stress response yeah and then your body starts to kind of work against you you start packing on body fat you start becoming more lethargic you then start getting like physically depressed and yeah it's like we we actually see it kind of work its way in, into our reality mm-hmm. um, which is really really crazy because you know honestly if i were to watch that <clears throat> if i was to watch that while i was in high school i wouldn't have believed it yeah because i was a super like just skeptic like if it's not completely 110 percent backed by science i'm not gonna believe it mm-hmm. but um yeah i think uh i think nowadays just being a little bit more open-minded i can totally see how you know that that could be the case yeah because i mean that's kind of that's how we represent ourselves in a way it's like through emotion like we have things like love we have things like you're scared you're sad you're happy like those are all emotions coming from our thoughts that create our reality pretty mm-hmm. much so it's like not address our emotions and not you know address those problems it just gets spent up in our body and mm-hmm. it's not released so i think i think that's why like like for me like how i express my emotions is through crying <laughs> and so even if if i'm happy if i'm sad like that's just is like letting out the emotion so it's not trapped into my body and i think that's where i get to like experience like such i guess euphoric moments so, like mo- more often than not just because i get through that shit real quick and then mm-hmm. let it out dump it and it's like oh, okay like everything's okay and like yeah I've learned that this past, like, few years, because I never cried when I was, like, younger, all through, like, when I was, like, a kid through, like, I want to say, like, middle school. Mm. I think towards the end of high school, and then, like, I don't know, this past, like, few years, I've, like, learned how to, like, deal with my emotions. And, like, I used to think, like, oh, like, if I cry, I'm weak and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd have that mindset, so, like, I just, like, held it in or things like that but it's so important to just let it out because then you just feel good yeah interesting i was actually watching um i was watching a small just like documentary on on youtube today the guy's david hoffman um i don't know if he has any connections to albert hoffman which is the guy that synthesized lsd for the first time Mm -hmm. but he was doing research on people in the 60s and the culture and why it was the way it was and he was saying that the 60s was a really strong counterculture to the culture of the 50s. So in the 50s, um, they coined terms like control your emotions. And then in the 60s, you saw the youth start creating terms like let it all hang out. 
So it was like this big, just like counterculture because like in the fifties they were so, well, they just came off of world war two. They just came off of the great depression. Mm -hmm. They were seeing this big economic boom. They were like, work hard, earn your money, earn your worth, have a big ass house, supply for your family, be a clean cut man, always be on time. You know, like those, just those sorts of values. And then the people in the sixties looked at those value sets and they're like, and what they saw because they didn't feel the emotional pains of being in a great depression where you have no money and you have no material wealth they didn't feel the pains of being in war losing loved ones and stuff like that so you know that's obviously why their parents valued family a lot more is because you know they maybe lost a lot of their family members but so they 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 weren't there to notice that they didn't feel that they didn't have that connection to that to that aspect of their history so to them all they really saw was oh my parents are just really materialistic all they care about is stuff and and putting forth this like fake face um you know popularity culture got really big in the 50s too they wanted all their people wanted their kids to be popular because to be popular means you fit in and in the 60s you know it's all about stand out be your own person um do what feels good mm-hmm. it was like this big big counterculture and i feel like nowadays <clears throat> um I, th- I feel like we're definitely seeing it a lot more too that same kind of like counterculture reemerge that we saw in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's going to get like that extreme? Probably not, because I think we, you know, we do learn from our past, even though some people think we don't. Um, but yeah, it's really, really interesting to see. Thanks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'm still thinking about what you said. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think, uh, I guess I'll just keep going off on that. So, uh, you know, it's really interesting how the brain just like forms like correlations. It's like, mm. the, it learn, it just quickly relates this to this, to this, to this, to this. Connections. Yeah, just like forms those connections. Um, but I saw a Gary V video. Mm-hmm. He was interviewing um, this girl, Charlie D'Amelio. And he was telling her that it made sense that you know she's this girl that doesn't dress super sexual she's like she dresses just like a normal girl like a normal person like you know not super revealing or anything and she's the most followed girl on tiktok right now and and you know people would think oh shouldn't i just get all sexed up like you know basically yeah and he said that you know the fact that you're at the front light of TikTok and everybody knows who you are, it shows that there's a strong counterculture to, you know, the mm. sex up doll kind of thing. So you're saying like, he's a strong believer that for every thing that there is this idea, movements, there's always going to be a counterbalance to it. Mm. And, you know, that's why we see the political left versus the political right. We see veganism versus like the meat diet. We see yeah, there's uh, always gonna, it's that balance the polarities. Balance, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, what does yeah. she do on TikTok? She just dances. Oh. She just dances on TikTok. Like she's, she's one of the girls that like is at the forefront of the dances. So like maybe she creates a lot of the dances that other girls start to do. Because mm. she, she was a dancer, or she still is a dancer. Like she's been dancing her whole life. Mm. Like you know, um, like formal dancing or whatever. Com- I don't know, competitive dancing, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. I don't, I, I don't know anything about the you know dancing world, but yeah. So obviously TikToks making little TikTok dances were pretty easy for her. So yeah, that's what she's popular for. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's weird how TikTok, like, when it when I first started seeing, you know, ads for TikTok, I was like, this is trash. This is just, because you saw, like, just, like, those those kids, like, biting their lips. I was just thinking like, 7th graders just on there, like, the new, like, Vine. Remember Vine? Yeah, I remember Vine. I loved Vine, though, from like, the start. Yeah, but for, like, this kind of generation. I don't know, that's how mm. I thought of it. it. was, like, a new way of, like, yeah. expressing yourself. I didn't. I didn't see it that way right away. I saw it as like a just like cringy ass. Like, have you seen Musically? No, I've heard of it. Yeah, so Musically, it's basically like people like singing, right? Yeah, yeah, lip syncing to, to videos. But I then you see like babysitting like little girls singing. I'm like, what is what? that? And you know what's really creepy though is like you had all these like twenty year old kids like shirtless dancing, like biting their lips, like super sexual. And then that transferred to TikTok. So that's what I thought TikTok was. I thought oh. it was just like all these people like lip syncing and being like fuck boys and fuck girls. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no, that's super cringy. I'm never going to do that. And then after a while, people started like creating that same kind of content you saw on Vine where like they're making like funny, funny videos things. and stuff. And it's like, okay, I can get behind this now. Like I actually kind of like I a have, lot of these I videos. Still behind it. I don't, I went on there like twice to like make a video. Yeah. That's it. You made videos on TikTok? <laughs> What? I'm exposed. No. Oh, I man. Uh, no. I made a couple. Really? Yeah. What? Um, I saw... So, I was walking back from the gym one day. Oh, no. Actually, I was sitting in the sauna one day, and I was listening to Alan Watts. Do you know that guy? Yeah. So, Alan Watts was talking about discipline and expression. Yo, I was listening to him about discipline, and I wanted to relate it to something. Wait, go on. Yeah, yeah. So, he was saying... Um, like in today's society, you know, that's super materialistic, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, the people stopped expressing themselves freely or truly because they're trying to like, they're trying to express themselves through like their clothing or the things that they own, but it's all material. And like at the end of the day, once you acquire something like that dopamine hit, it's quick, but then it, it runs out. Mm -hmm. So he was saying that a counterbalance to that is to discipline yourself, not discipline, like crack the whip, you know, get in your room. Like it's, you know, discipline, uh, like in a, in a negative sense, but discipline as in like a skill. It's like you learn a skill set, you get really good at it. You're consistent at that skill set. So like I related it to bodybuilding. That's a discipline because you're learning form. You're, you're learning different lifts for different body parts. You're learning how to split. You're learning um, how to diet. You're learning how to pose if you want to be a bodybuilder. So that's, it's a discipline. And then once you get really good at it, then you get on stage, you show off your body, or um, you're performing lifts and you're you're completing like big heavy lifts. That's self-expression because now you learn how to express yourself through this discipline. Mm. So, anyways, yeah, I TikTok that. Uh, I TikTok Zoe because she's the cutest dog on planet Earth. And I think that's it. Anyways, you said you had you watched that same video, the Alan Watts one. I think so. It was about discipline. Um, let me think here for a second. Oh, like having discipline in order to. Um, I'm losing my thoughts now. You go. I don't have any on that. I think that's it. Um, thoughts on Alan Watts. That's did I say that's or did I say thoughts? Thoughts 
Honestly, like, I'm pretty sure if I had to go back and, like, listen to all this, there's a, I say a lot of words, like... Wrong. Yeah. Me too. Or half-assedly. Like, do you ever do you ever have thoughts come into your head, but like your thoughts come faster than you can speak? <laughs> so you're like trying to keep it all the time. Yeah. yeah. You hear and, me speak. and then she's like, <laughs> or like you say words, but they come out wrong. Like, yes. Instead of saying for, you say for all the time. Like for what? That's me. And yeah. You adopted that. Yeah, because I I did it. And then you'll write it too. I've seen you write for like. <laughs> F U R, or F I R, yeah. I'll do it to make fun of you. And then what ends up happening is I just stop doing it on purpose all the time. Start doing it on purpose. So then it's like, oh, I played myself. That's funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, I see when you type in, it makes me laugh. You say fur. Like for some, for some. Yeah. What other words do you say like that? Fur. Uh, I used to get made fun of for. Um, buffer. Buffer, yeah. Um, for when I like pronouncing thr words, it comes out like it rings. <laughs> Wait, I don't hear it. <clears throat> three. Three. Okay. Three. Three. Things? I don't know why. What other words are thr? Uh, thrilling. Do you hear it? Thrilling. Like that's just how I say it. Like yeah. my brother used to make fun of me because like three. three. It sounds normal to me. Really? You yeah. say three. Three. Yeah. Three. You don't hear it? Three. Three. I hear like three. 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 Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rolling your but tongue in like triplets. That's how I would say it. You're, uh, you're, uh, that's how Mexicans talk. Yeah. Three. Three. Tres. I can't roll my R's though. I'm like, out of all my family members, I, I can't. I'm the one that doesn't it's know like how to roll R's. Yo, I miss the sauna. Me too. So much. It's been too long. I think we're opening back up on the first, dude. So four more days? Hopefully. I don't know. They're talking about it on the chat. But I definitely miss the sauna. Like even if I had a shitty workout. The sauna was Yeah, you go into the sauna for twenty minutes, you bake, you know, you, you preheat it though if it's not on. Then you go and you bake yourself twenty minutes, you come out just nice and crispy. Every single time. Tender. Juicy. Tender and juicy. Oh, yeah. Kind of red. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still steamy when you come out. You look at it. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Sometimes, especially if I take, like, a really hardcore pre-workout, I'll get in there. I'll put on my headphones. I'll listen to, like, dubstep music, and I feel like I'm tripping. Like, like yeah, it's like too. a... Do you remember that one time? I came out of... Yo, guys. I came out of the sauna... No, I was in the sauna for like 30 minutes, just like crying my eyes out. I felt like I was on freaking Molly or some shit. It was crazy. It was that pre-workout though. And because I was in the sauna, it was just like, I just developed this like, whenever I go in the sauna, I like express gratitude and I just like start like reflecting on like what's good, what's going good and like problems and whatnot. And then I like just talk my way through stuff. And then I just get, like, super, like, high. Like, everything's, like, so, like, everything is just, like, too, like, good. And I just feel, like, this euphoria. And then I just... <sighs> just got a little heated there. Well, actually, we can open that door now. Arunka, 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 arunka. Just open that door. Yeah. Arunka, arunka, arunka. Uh... 
I do apologize if the pace of this episode is a little wonky. We uh, didn't really want to film today. Yeah, I did. I always want to. People you wanted know to? What I'm thinking about. You didn't want to. Yeah, I do. You resisted to it, remember? Because you were... I didn't know what we were talking about. Oh, it's always in here. We didn't plan anything, and we were just like, you know I don't what? know. But everything in life that's great. No, I'm not. I'm gonna take this back. <laughs> Most things in life that you're like, oh, I'm not ready. Like. You're never gonna You're never be ready. You're never gonna be ready for anything. A parent, um, really, a, a career. Like you're not ready. You just jump into things and see what happens. It might suck. It might be glorious, and it might suck. But it's fun. Dude, that freaking quote from that movie we watched yesterday. Oh, take me home. Failure. Yeah, take me home tonight. Yeah, that reminds so. me. Yeah. So this, the quote. Okay. So it's. I'll just read the line from the movie. So uh, there's this character. His name is Matt Franklin, and he's the dad of Bill Franklin, who's like the protagonist of the story. Um, so anyways, Matt Franklin is a cop in the story. And Bill, he like steals his car with his best friend. Um, his best friend's coked out. They went to this party. Um, he tries to get laid. He gets laid. Um, the girl finds out he was lying to him. He's all distraught. Um, he's arguing with the friend in the car. They end up crashing the car. The dad um, flashes the light on him. And he's like, dude, what the hell is going on? And they're arguing back and forth. And then it leads to this this like little just back and forth. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was like a burn. I, so I do this thing whenever, <laughs> whenever we're watching TV <laughs> or if we're watching like a movie. And one of the characters says something. I'm like, oh, dude, that was deep. Or if it was like a burn, I'm just like. But this one, it got four. I was like, it was a big. Okay, so anyways, here's the line. Um, all right, so this is Matt. Oh, I got it backwards. Matt Franklin is the son. Yeah, you. Were, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, might be. It's okay. Um, oh, and by the way, this is the guy that played Eric Foreman from that '70s show. So he's like, I'm, I'm just messed up. Okay, I don't know what I want to do, and I'm sorry, I'm such a fucking failure. This is Bill the dad. You haven't really failed, son, because you haven't really tried to succeed. So don't credit yourself as a failure. You're worse than that. <laughs> and then Matt's like, I just I just can't figure it out, Dad. And he's like, don't cry like that in jail, son. <laughs> that hit me hard. That was pretty fire. That was pretty fire. But that's true, though. Like, If you haven't even tried at anything... You can't even, you don't even have the luxury of being able to call yourself a failure. Yeah. Like, because to fail means that you tried at something. You went at something, you mm -hmm. gave it your all, and you fucked up. And you can learn a lot from fucking up, and that's awesome. Like, I've fucked up a lot of times with a bunch of different shit. And I'm happy that I was able to fuck up a lot because that tells me, tells me that I was risky. I took risks. Um... That's a whole other thing. I liked when the end came, because then after that, he ended up doing this, like, it was pretty stupid, but basically ended up, he tried at something, he went in that big ball thing, oh, where yeah. they rolled down the street. It was pretty dumb, but, like, the, like, action of him, like, stepping up the thing, like, no. So he has something to say. Anyways, keep going. And basically, he, like, crashes into the school, whatnot. Remember the dad? He comes... It's the dad's the cop and he comes yeah. and he's just Bill. Like, he sees like it's it's um his son's like ID and he sees oh, yeah. and he has this like smirk on his face because he found he like realized like it was his son that like 
crashes into that pool and he's like yeah so at the end of the movie he's off um the son mark matt i already forgot i just explained so i want to say the reason why he did that okay so you know after he his dad told him that like it resonated with him he's like holy shit i haven't taken any risks so he goes back to the party he finds a girl and then you know he apologizes she says no and then he's like fuck it i'm gonna get in that big ass ball i'm gonna prove myself i'm gonna take a risk for once yeah and then he hops in that bitch and he rolls all the way down the hill into some pool and you know what happens from there but anyways i can't recommend that movie enough it started off really slow and i was scared it was gonna be like one of those cringy ass movies i was almost gonna stop it halfway through but We've done that for a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Dude, what was that mo- movie? And we're just like, what? This sucks. There was oh, that one movie. Day? Oh, fuck that Gio movie, dude. This movie. My mom recommended it. <laughs> my mom was like, you're not too funny movie. Some Coffee and Kareem, right? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. This this so movie, bad. Coffee and Kareem. So it's about like this cop and he's like, you know, dating this like chick and her son is just like just small little pudgy little fat kid that wants to be a rapper and he's like just the most evil just like shitty ass kid shitty ass fucking kid. like if that was my kid i would spank him relent like relentlessly like i'm anti-violence but dude that kid he, I, he needs a spanking like that's that's all i can say like it's hor- it's the worst movie i've ever seen in my life just because i hate that kid so much i cannot express how much i hate that kid he embodies everything that i hate about culture currently and it's just go watch it. Watch, don't watch it. Watch the, the first twenty minutes, and, and you're gonna yeah, just turn it off after. We're that. fast forward if you want to see what happens. And if you like that movie, so uh, tell me why. I don't. I just don't see a reason for anyone to like that movie. It was horrible. It was, it was bad. Um, it was pretty terrible. It was filmed okay. It was a decent plot, but that kid was terrible. He's like Eric Cartman. But worse, it's it's so bad. <sighs> How are you wearing a sweater right now? I'm sweating. I'm sweating too, <laughs> but I like sweating. Toki, let's see. What are you looking up over there? I have this list of videos I want to film in the future. Um, but I figure I'd f- I figured it would be a good opportunity for us to just find uh something to talk about <laughs> oh here's one so this is this is basically like an addendum um, to our last episode, Ego. What was that? The first one. That was the first one. Um, so I, I got on this like group call with some of my buddies and we're in this like, um, we're in this book club and we're talking about the ego as well. And we were talking about, so the book is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And we were talking about why people give up faith sometimes and sometimes the reason that they give up faith is because deep down for whatever reason they just don't feel like they're worthy of the success Um, they self-sabotage i'm sure you've heard that term a lot and they'll give themselves reasons 
why they can't succeed at something. So let's say it's bodybuilding. Uh, I just don't have the skeletal structure for it. I hear that a lot. Or I just don't have the genetics for it. And that comes up and this person's like, that's a good enough reason not to try. And it's just like a smoke screen. So if you work in sales, you hear a lot of smoke screens. It's when you ask a customer to buy something, but they just give you this fake answer. It's not the real reason why they won't buy, but it's just a quick little reason that they can tell you no, just because telling you no is a lot easier than telling you the truth. Same way with yourself. Like to tell yourself no is a lot easier than telling yourself the truth. So if you peel back that onion, those layers, those no's, those reasons why, most of the time what you figure out is because you deep down inside don't feel like you're worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem of the ego uh, because the ego acts in self-preservation. It doesn't want to be challenged. It doesn't want to be dismantled. It doesn't want to work. It wants to, it wants to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. So if anytime something comes at it that challenges it, like I want to be a bodybuilder. Oh, but I can't because blah, 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 blah. That's just your ego trying to keep you away from uncovering the truth, which is you just feel like you're not worthy of it. Because mm-hmm. then when you figure out, it's like, oh, I don't feel worthy. Then it's like, well, why? And then you figure out, oh, it's because this, 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 and this happened to me in the past. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. this thing that I built up in my ego. It's just a story that I told myself. And then you have to face the truth and your ego doesn't want you to face the truth. Um, so anyways, I thought that was a really important just thought or idea that I wish we could have added to that first episode, but you know, might as well bring it up here. But yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Cause like as humans, like with our ego, we want to feel safe. And when we get out of our comfort zone, we're like, it's like, it's kind of like your brain is like, no, that's not safe. Like don't do it. So that's why there's always like that hesitant when you're trying to like change or like do something you haven't done before is because it's like that safety like like light like don't don't go like you're you're not safe there like you don't know what's gonna happen right Mm. so it's that like fear of that of the unknown so that's why we kind of hold back because it's just protection because yeah you don't know if you jump across the cliff you don't know if it's like a a foot or like ten thousand feet yeah you don't know yeah you have no idea so yeah it's an interesting thing that is really interesting I think it's really important to not force your kids to take risks, but encourage them to do things that are risky Mm -hmm. because, you know, especially like later in life, once you start creating a family of your own, doing things of your own, pursuing careers, like you want to be able to have that mindset of it's okay if I fuck up, if I fail, because otherwise you're just going to follow the beaten path that's been laid out for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doesn't bring you any fulfillment. Like I have a friend back home that you know his parents sheltered him from everything he didn't he didn't take much risks um he's in a relationship he's very unhappy in but he doesn't have like the courage to like get out of it it's just like it's a really interesting situation um but i think part of me thinks you know the in order for the character to grow the ego to build it needs struggles like that's why we love movies we love books and fictional stories mm-hmm. so much is because we see this character go to this yeah, yeah exactly so then the brain's going to start creating its own set of problems when life gets too good it's going to start to create issues for you to deal with so mm-hmm. you can learn how to there's you can have this narrative for yourself mm-hmm. so you can be the hero of your own story mm-hmm. which is really interesting i feel like that like that you just brought up is is pretty interesting i feel like I mean, that's just how life goes is there's good and there's bad. And I feel like with, like, 
I'll experience times where, like, think, like everything's going my way. Like, everything's good. Like, no problems. Nothing's wrong. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Well, a problem's created because you can't just live high up there. <laughs> like, something's got to drag you down yeah. so you can get past it and, like, grow from it. Because, like, what happens is if you're always up there, like, it just gets boring. Like, mm-hmm. if it's just always good. Yeah. I think, like, your ego craves problems. That's why you see people complain a lot because it's, like, this is weird. Why is everything good? Uh, I'm going to, like, find a problem. Well, I don't know if it's the ego that craves it. I think it's just you, like, subconsciously. Yeah. Like, your character. Yeah. The part of you that wants to be developed. Yeah. Because no one wants to just be a fucking couch potato. No, yeah. You know? True. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Did I hit record? Yeah. yeah we're good. <sighs> that scares me. Uh, dang, I had a freaking thought to go off of that. Ego creates problems, stories. Dude, I lost it. In my opinion, I, I think that you see, like, the whatever, the mundane, like, follow the crowd kind of route of just, like, sticking to your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, that route, well, the... the thing there is you're never going to experience like such low or not never I can't say that but like most of the time like you're not going to experience such low lows or such high highs you're just kind of cruising along Mm -hmm. but what's cool about going through those struggles like hitting that like if you hit rock bottom or whatever well what that means is that you get to experience that high high Mm -hmm. so it's like living the ups and downs of life and like that happens when you take Mm -hmm. risks that happens when you get out of your comfort zone when you you know strive for that Mm -hmm. otherwise you're like you're just kind of i mean i think in my opinion i think that's boring just to like chill there stay have fun all the time it's like or not even just that but just like following whatever you know whatever you're not really growing you're not really whatever you're just kind of like there Mm -hmm. it's cool to like like i see a lot with like uh, again back to like talking about emotions like you have to feel those shitty emotions down here to feel the really, really good emotions. Otherwise, you're kind of just like, eh, I'm not really faced by anything. Mm. But you kind of, you're just following that up. So there's, like, a lot of, like, layers to that. But I think to experience the lows that are really low, you get to experience the highs. But if you're just, like, here, that's not really, like, you're not experiencing, you're not getting to that high, mm-hmm. high The peaks and the lows. I mean, do you think it's important to always hit those rock bottoms? Not always, but, like, at some point at some point like it's not i'm not to say that every day you should be like up and down like with the emotions and problems and stuff but like throughout like you're like growing like just growing in general mm-hmm. of like youth so you can experience that it's just kind of like when you when you're little when you're like a kid this is like a totally different topic but like when you get you eat dirt and stuff when you're little, like, in a sandbox, or, like, you touch gross stuff and everything goes in your mouth, mm-hmm. well, you're building yourself up for, like, your immune system and, like, stuff down the road for, like, diseases and stuff because you weren't just, like, sheltered. Mm-hmm. You got out and you experienced stuff, and that's totally different, but, like, kind of relating to that. Yeah. In the aspect of... Whereas, like, like a kid seeks venturing adventure. out to, like... Yeah, to, like, basically build their immune system in their person. Mm-hmm. Adults kind of do the same, but with experiences and yeah, trying shit and so out. Yeah, if you don't do that, it's kind of like, well, you're not really like a developed person. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel, for me personally, like if I when I think super into my future, like in my forties, fifty, I would hope I have stability. Mm-hmm. Like I would hope I'm not having a freaking lows, lows and bottoms, bottoms. Like I hope I have a, you know, good savings account. I have a good house, and I'm able to instead 
focus on raising my children and watching them go through those ups and downs, which, yeah. you know, you can still live vicariously through them. You watch them develop as a person and you help them with creating that story for themselves too. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's, it's pretty interesting, man. Well, man. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Dude. Dude, bro. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, uh, a lot of, a lot of the time I used to, when I, when I went from being somewhat theistic, like believing in a God, to like not believing a God, believing in a God. Um, one of my arguments I had was like, if there really is a God, why is he putting all these problems in, in the world and in my way and, and all that sort of thing? And it was just like a very simplistic way of looking at stuff. And then now, <clears throat> now that I'm a little bit older, like obviously I'm, you know, I'm still in my freaking early 20s. Like, that's nothing. Um, but I can start to see, like, the importance of having struggle. Mm -hmm. um, why we have those concepts of, like, good and evil, devil versus God. Like, mm -hmm. that has to exist. There has to be that tension. Because you can't really appreciate the good without having the evil, without having to face those things. Like, you see, um, you know, I have, a, you know, some, some friends that dealt with, like, a substance abuse. And they went really off the deep end with that. But then they recovered. And now they're very they just have like the stronger appreciation for life, like more so than the person that didn't go through that. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Having that, just that tension, that cosmic tension mm -hmm. um, between the good and the evil. That come, that's what I was saying, like the getting down here to like up there. Cause mm -hmm. I think that just like, I, I see a lot of the time, like people who maybe just like, they don't really, they don't get to either of those. They're kind of just like, whatever, like they maybe that it's that they don't, like salt like they don't want to face the, like you hear people have like bad trips right they don't face like their problems they don't want to like, yeah they want to run away those from are it the people who are like avoid it so like they're trying to like coming back to what we were first talking about the like just sticking to positive well that's again not good because you're not facing that that's avoidance yeah, so you're not gonna so you're not really peeking at that like gratitude you're just kind of faking that you're like in that positive mm -hmm. mindset when you're really not if you face it and then then you could get there but like it's like skipping a step yeah i, I see it that way totally hmm. that's really i like that correlation there you brought up mm -hmm. um, i thought about that a while ago because were you gonna say something oh no go ahead um because i start to think about like i see myself as like a more like a, i live in more of a state of gratitude most of the time and then I start to think, like, well, why is that? And then I start to think, well, when I was in high school and, like, younger, like, I didn't cry a lot. I didn't face my issues. I kind of faked it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, I never truly, like, was happy. Like, I never truly got to that, like, peak of, like, actual, like, genuine gratitude. It was more so, like, I just, I didn't face my problems. And so as soon as I started facing my issues, like, head on and, like, all like it just I notice my I'm not able to like stay there longer if that mm -hmm. makes sense and so I started to think like well I started to think like in my opinion like this life that we're living right now like we're supposed like I think if we have like our health aligned our mindset aligned and like we face our shit like we should live in this like pl like pleasure island most of the time we're gonna face shit but like mm -hmm. most of the time like I see this life as like we don't know what's going to happen after. We don't know what happened before. But, like, this life is, like, why we have all these feel-good emotions is because this is, like, 
life's really short, but like we're supposed to enjoy it and we're supposed to get to those feelings. Mm -hmm. But it does come at a cost. Like not yeah. not everything's free. Like yeah. you can't just like no such oh, thing as a free lunch. That's why like yeah, yeah you're not just gonna you, that's you can't just go to drugs and like be like oh I want to feel good all the time. Well you're gonna feel you're gonna shit. crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So I think taking it as like a stride of like okay like I'm gonna have these obstacles throughout this race, but like I want to get to that like you want to feel good you want to you know experience those good emotions like love and like gratitude and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah i like that um do you think so now that you've had like open experiences you know with me and stuff um I, I I heard this idea from Aubrey Marcus and he was talking about this ayahuasca trip that he had and he went into like ayahuasca land or wherever it takes you like in your mind and mm -hmm. he he was meditating and thinking about like Jesus and Satan and the sun and you know obviously people that are skeptics or people that are atheists that look at the bible and they think well of course this isn't real like there wasn't like a actual flood you know thousands and thousands of years ago no one actually built like a big boat and then got one of every or a pair of every species like those things didn't actually happen like you know all the stories that you hear they weren't real truths um but you know aubrey marcus was saying that they're more like metaphysical truths or like archetypical truths where mm -hmm. he saw satan satan just represents like the evil of the of the world of the universe like this mm -hmm. evil tension and he's you know he had this conversation with satan where satan told him like i exist so that you can experience you know these ebbs and flows in the world mm -hmm. you know i i do this out of love like i'm torturing myself i'm torturing others i'm creating torture and pain and distraught and and struggle so that you guys can experience life and you know aubrey marcus said he was like feeling this like empathy for this thing he wanted to say i love you mm -hmm. um because this guy like or because satan is doing it out of love for like everybody yeah. and then he's like you love me don't get it twisted motherfucker i'll still fuck you up <laughs> like i'm satan <laughs> and he's like oh shit might be <laughs> and then you know he started thinking about jesus and then jesus just represented like um like ultimate forgiveness empathy mm -hmm. like not judging people for their past or their current calamities um you know this like selflessness and you know all those things that like jesus represents and that was a really cool experience and then um he thought about the sun and the sun is just like this like cosmic ball of light that just always gives mm -hmm. always gives and never asks to receive anything and it's just like these concepts um so he saw these things and they was, felt real in his mind. Was I listening to this with you? I don't know. I remember this. I think we we're in a car and we we're listening to this. Maybe. Or yeah, maybe I just told really you about familiar. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so do you feel like do you think those structures like actually exist somewhere like in a different dimension, in a different plane, or mm. do you think that this is just something like we just make up in our brain? Um, that's interesting, like that's an interesting question because I think you told me this once, but when like people draw things or like see these things, it has to come from somewhere. I think you told me that. Like you told me that one time, where like if you see like just really like 
the devil and like and stuff like that and like people are able to like come up with these pictures and like draw stuff or you know visualize stuff well, like that had to have come that had to have come from somewhere like some other realm or whatever for mm-hmm. them to like see that or it's just pure imagination i don't really know i can't i don't know at all yeah how to answer that i was wondering what your your thoughts were on that yeah i don't know Hmm. Part of me wants to believe that just because like with trips, you know, you you pop into these little dimensions and you f- and you feel like, oh, like this is probably where we go when we die. Like it's like we get to live in this like astral plane and we get to see all these like structures and figures and truths and it's just like a different form of living. And it's just like we get to pop back into this dimension if we want to and that sort of thing. So I don't know. Could be. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah. I mean, we don't even know what thoughts are, like, what thoughts are. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, what is a thought? Like, it's just a, it's a bit of information that goes through our brain, and then we can latch onto it, or we cannot, Mm -hmm. and then we can sort of bring it into our realities if we want to. That's weird. I think what's interesting is, like, I've noticed recently that my thoughts, like, kind of just, like, guide me through if I if I just continue to like talk like I don't know where it comes from but it's like lessons that just te- it it I don't know it's like me but it's like you know, I don't know what's talking to me mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like weird because like on my bike ride today um I'm trying to remember all of it because there's just a lot but if I start just like rambling like through my thoughts and stuff it kind of like you get through all like the scatter and then it's just like whoa and I just like come up with this like resolution for like what I was what I was going through and thinking about like oh like this is just something that i'm learning like i'm supposed to learn to like grow from this or something like that it's kind of weird i don't know where it comes from thoughts they're just like mm-hmm. they come and then you like do something with them <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, <laughs> what the yeah heck? it's so weird it's it's the first concept in the book think and grow rich you know thoughts are things yeah so you know did he mean that like they're like physically like literal things or I mean, yeah. does he want us to even if they weren't things like it's like does he want us to act as if though the they're they are things and we can use these things as tools I mean, yeah, everything that is created in our reality right now was a thought first. Yeah. It's kind of like, do we take yeah. that thought and do we bring it into reality, like you said? And that's why, so, that, that quote, a lot of, like, I don't know how it goes. It's like, so many, like, inventions or ideas were, like, buried in the graveyard. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, I have. How it's like, well, if you just... Because we'll have these thoughts, but we just... Thoughts come and go so quick, but if we don't mm-hmm. latch onto the good ones, then we lose them. Yeah. And then it's like, they're just lost. And That's what scares me too, like, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, do you believe in collective consciousness? What's that? So, you know how sometimes, like, let's say there's, like, a rat, and then he figures out a maze, and then on another part of the world, like, within a day or the same day, the same rat will figure out the same maze. Or, like... You know, one person on this side of the world breaks a world record and all of a sudden 20, 40, 50 people oh, are starting to break records. So it's yeah. like this idea of like a collective consciousness. We all kind of like yeah. pull from the same thought loop or thought bank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think like if I have a, an idea and I think it's a good ass idea and if I don't act on it right away, someone else is going to have that same thought. They're yeah. going to come from the same thought bank and they're going to utilize it. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we're missing this boat. Like it's really short. 
Yeah. And we need to latch onto those ideas and work with them quickly. Otherwise, someone else is going to bank on the same thing. Because I've had thoughts. Like, I can remember thinking, like, certain things. Like, oh, that would be really cool. And then it's like, a month later, it's like it's actually a thing. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I was thinking of that. Yeah. You know, It's almost like, yeah, we all... I think that we all... Obviously, we learn, like, the same lessons through life at different times. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's, like, the similar thing thing where like something's telling us like and maybe you don't like pick up on it like either like an idea or like a lesson to be learned if you don't pick up on it well it's just going to tell you again that's why you sometimes experience like the same problems and like the same solutions are trying to come to you but if you don't act on it it's just gonna it's gonna come up again Mm -hmm. and things like that so that's interesting that you said that thought bank it's just giving us humans like yeah we all plug into it it's like sprinkling and then it's like falls into our heads at different times and then yeah. precipitation happens and then it goes back and I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it like is raining. And I think like, of it more like um, there's like invisible wires like connected to like this invisible them. like computer or some shit. Who's up there? The programmers. The program. We're all in simulation. We're all simulated, <laughs> bro. <laughs> they threw in, yeah. That's interesting. Hopefully, it's not a simulation. But the reason I don't it? I don't want it to be a simulation is because well, like if we think as a simulation the same way as we think like how we would simulate reality, it implies that there's a computer that's attached to. It's like what if someone just fucking trips over the wire? <laughs> <laughs> We're all deleted, you know. <laughs> that'd be fucking scary. That's so, weird. So that's why I really hope we're not a simulation and some like galactic freaking beings thing. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of our brain. No. Thought what's that? Humans are ninety nine point nine percent the same. If someone wants to give us a camera that can record for long periods of time, longer than thirty minutes, I'd be very happy with that. But yeah, so humans share ninety nine point nine nine percent of DNA apparently. Mm-hmm. We're only one percent point one percent different. That's insane. But that point one percent is so huge. Oh yeah, but you know, black people and all white people are totally different. Like, why I does like racism just bring up that fact? Like, and when was racism a thing? Hey, bitches! <laughs> you know we're all the same. <laughs> bring and not the, the exact DNA. same, but like we're yeah. pretty much the same. Bring up the DNA, the the facts. Maybe they didn't know. The facts. We have fifty percent with a banana. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I relate so hard. It's interesting. <laughs> Um, I was learning about the guy, the Watson and Crick. Oh yeah, the double Science. helix and stuff. Yeah, so um, Crick bro. was doing a bunch of acid in this when he actually around oh, the same wait. time that he figured out the the DNA helix structure. What? Oh wait, he was the one. Watson and Crick. That's what they discovered. Yeah, they they oh. uh, they figured out the double helix and then they um, figured out genetic code. That's crazy, like, learning in school, and then you realize later, like, they were on acid. Yeah. There's a bunch of <laughs> people that did a lot of acid. I remember learning that in school, like, eighth grade. Like, um, Sam, Sam Harris, you know that guy? Mm. No. Um, he's, like, a philosopher. He does a, he's on a lot of, like, podcasts. He's a super famous, like, atheist, too. He does a lot of research on, like, consciousness and stuff. Um... But he quoted something. I have the quote here, actually. I was like, interesting, uh, interesting thought. I don't know if I agree with this 100%. Oh, yeah, here it is. So, you, do you know Tim Ferriss? No. The four hour work week? 
Oh, okay. So he he wrote this book called Tools of Titans. It's basically like a compilation of a lot of his like audio. Tools of Titans. I've heard of that. So it's like it's a it's a he does this podcast where he interviews like super popular people, like famous, successful people, and he just compiled a bunch of like those conversations on this book. So he had a conversation with that guy, Sam Harris. Uh, I lost it again. Oh, here it is. So Sam Harris, he says, if she, my daughter, does not try a psychedelic like psilocybin or LSD at, at least once in her adult life, I will worry that she may have missed one of the most important uh, rites of passage a human being can experience. A life without drugs is neither foreseeable nor, I think, desirable. If I give you five grams of mushrooms or 300 micrograms of LSD and tell you to sit on that couch for just an hour... You're guaranteed to have a radical transformation of experience. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, a freight train of significance is going to come bearing down on you. And we just have to watch the clock to know when it's going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, so he quoted using LSD. Um, Steve Jobs also quoted it. He said, it is, it is one of the two or three most important experiences in my life. Steve Jobs. Um, the guy that created um, what's a game called Minecraft. He goes that a, makes sense. he goes as Notch on Twitter. So someone asked him, "Hey, like Notch, what's the most absurd thing you've ever done to cheer yourself up?" And he replied with uh, twenty hundred micrograms. That's twenty blotters. <laughs> I know. What? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I know. That's insane. So for people that don't know, like a standard dose, like your entry dose is one blotter, which is 100 micrograms. So the guy that created Minecraft, he's, his biggest or one of the trips that he's done is 2,800 micrograms. That's a lot. That's like brain damage, I, I would think. I don't know. It has to be. <laughs> Apparently not. He's super successful. I think he always breath from here. I mean, smell it. It smells so bad. Oh, she's, she's so such an old lady. Anyways. I hope she, when she passes away, reincarnation is real, and she comes back as our first kid. Oh, little Dweeba, silly. Oh, my little would stinky we be able face. To tell? I have no. We would not. We can believe it. We can. No, I don't want to believe it. Well, that's all it is. We can't know. We don't want to be like, oh, my firstborn child is Zoe, and it's not actually Zoe at all. Well, we're not going to call it Zoe. I know, but I don't want to. Do you guys, do you believe in A bee. Um, Visualization. That can be a new topic. Oh, that goes with thoughts or things. Visualization. Oh, dude. I think... My visualization is just on point. I think so. I see you being uh, getting a lot of success nowadays with stuff. Um, so here's my question with that. For the audience? Or for me? No, for you. So do you think visualization works because like you're actually manifesting a reality through your thoughts? Like, I think, therefore, it is sort of thing. Like, you know, the secret. Mm-hmm. Or do you think the reason visualization works is because you're consistently and constantly thinking about your goals, so you're always acting on those goals. So it's just massive action. Hmm. I think it's a combination and also action too, because 
you can think all you want, like a certain goal, but if you're sitting on the couch, you're not going to hit that goal at all, right? I mean, that's common sense, mm-hmm. but I think it's a combination of the two because I think actually like thinking about it and like picturing it, like you're attaching those like thoughts with pictures, with music, whatever it is, like that's what's bringing it into fruition and thinking about it constantly through Mm -hmm. like obviously if it's something you want like you're working towards too Mm -hmm. but i think like when i ran an office um for a sales company i had this is just like one story so i mean it's not that extreme but i remember it was just one kid i was training and i had him i put on this music and i was like don't laugh like for real like like do this and he like took it seriously i basically like played this like it was like this inspirational music and then i was like all right and i literally said close your eyes and like picture this like picture like everything that i'm saying and like in like this in a description of like what i wanted to happen in his when he for sale for sale i said imagine this and i you know just a little like he walks into the house. Walks, he meets yeah, with the yeah, customer. Just every little thing. Yeah. I said, picture this, and, like the music. And, the and she purchases a thousand dollar order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I kid you not, like it was his first sale that happened exactly like how. I exactly said. how you planned. Yeah, and it. he was like, and then what that does is like going back to like the whole, um, what we're talking about with like the bully, like uh, pre pre like you don't think you can do something like it's holding you back. Oh, limiting beliefs. Yeah, so like then that pours into his belief that he can do it. So it's like it all kind of like circles back to one another. Yeah, so it's like that positive momentum. Yeah, exactly. So like that like was his like first experience and like it just I think was like pretty cool. But like after that, like that was just one thing. But like just other things like I remember, for example, when I first met you, I told you this story, but I can like, do you want me to say it again? Yeah. I think it's cool. Um... So, prior to when I met Gio, um, I remember, well, I had, I got out of, like, a pretty shitty relationship. I was pretty down. But I ended up, like, practicing gratitude and practicing, like, visualization and, like, manifestation. And I remember, like, describing, like, my, like, partner, my, like, future, like, husband, whatever. And I was so, like, descriptive with what I wanted. I was like, well, okay, this... I said I wanted to always marry a Mexican. <laughs> um, but I said, like, he's Mexican because for me, like, growing up, like, having a lot, I had a lot of best friends who were Mexican, and that just means family, like, big family, like, family oriented type of thing. So I was, like, family oriented, like, wants a family just like me, like, growth minded, just like me, and, like, wants to, like, grow together, like, cares about his, like, physique, cares about, like, fitness and nutrition, like, literally all this stuff. And I just thought about that. I was like, it's going to happen. Like, even though, like, my life was, like, not, like, there was no way, like, in, like, hell that, like, I had any, like, I just, like, it was, I was at, like, a pretty dark time. But I was just like, nah, like, this is going to happen, like, whatever. And I remember when I went up to a cabin in the woods, it was literally two days before I met Gio. And, like, I... That's when I like wrote all that down. It was this wasn't like consistently that I was thinking about that, but I knew what I wanted, and I literally wrote it all down. And I just was like, like writing all that descriptions and whatever, and like 
reflection and whatever. And literally two days later, when I got back from, it was like five stuff or something. And I got back and then I met Gio and I was like, what, you exist? And I was like, I just did that. I was like, I did that. That was like freaking me. You manifested this yeah. for me. Yeah, and then you did the same thing with me too, huh? Yeah, I like did. you just like you described like kind of like the person that you wanted too. So I mean that goes to show that it's like. Didn't I talk about this on a podcast before? No. I didn't. Who did? It? Oh. Well, yeah. So like, for, I guess from my pers- my side of the story, um, when I first. Zoe, shut up. <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> she just looks up. She's like, what? Um, I'm to sleep, honey. Go, go outside, dude. Go sleep outside and you snore too loud. So I I was listening to uh, Anthony Robbins. Yeah, I was listening to this. Ant- oh, you know where I told this story was at um, Nico's house. Nico's dad's. Oh. Yeah. So anyways, I was listening to Anthony Robbins. And I was at a point in my life where I was just like frustrated because I couldn't find like a a partner i couldn't get in a relationship and he was like (laughs) um he he, his point of view was instead of you know trying to just like smooth talk your way into a relationship like try to say all the right things figure out who you want in your life long term like the values the qualities blah 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 and then work to be that and then that person's gonna fall into your lap so to speak Mm-hmm. So, like, I heard that and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Fuck yeah, let's try it out. So, I pulled over to a McDonald's. I busted out my notebook and I wrote it all out. Like, values health, values nutrition is, you know, um, everything. I wrote it down, like, everything as vividly as I could, super descriptive. And then, um, yeah, whenever we started talking, you know, obviously I started lurking on your Facebook and stuff. And I was like, lurking, lurking. I was like, check, uh, check, uh, check, uh, check. Like what? This is legit. Like it actually worked. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, I guess that would, if I had, I don't want to give like advice. I, I don't like giving people advice cause yeah. I don't want it. No credit. credibility. I don't want people to take it and then do stuff with it. you and then it not work or whatever. But, um, just from anecdotal evidence and seeing it work for two people at once, I I would argue that this is a a semi-effective way of getting a partner is instead of trying to smooth your smooth talk your way into a relationship is just do that same thing where you find the values of the person that you want to date or mm-hmm. be with and then you just become that person because that's what you're gonna attract. Like your mm-hmm. uh, what's that quote? It's like um, your vibe attracts your tribe yeah. yeah also going off of that just about like relationships just not advice but kind of my what happened is that i remember like my past relationship was pretty shitty and then honestly like before i met geo it wasn't like i was like desperate for a boy like a boyfriend or anything like i wasn't like oh i like need it it was actually like i was kind of accepting the fact that it's like okay like i'm actually happy like by myself like i felt like i was yeah. like, on top of the world not on top of the world but like whatever but i felt because getting past my last relationship like getting out of that like negative energy building myself up and i'm like oh like i want to become like this person and i feel like that's as soon as i like hit that peak of like okay like i'm confident who i am like i know what i want i know what who i am is kind of like that's when i was introduced and it was like I, in another sense, it was like, okay, like, it was just kind of, like, how your path is going to go. Like, mm-hmm. you have to, like, 
you can't love someone else if you're not going to love yourself first and like on that like <laughs> side of the spectrum and then also it was like I w- sometimes like just looking like too hard is just like you're you have to just let it happen when it happens and I think that's what happened with me was like I wasn't just like oh like why haven't I found someone yet it was more so like oh like I it was like I was focused on me first and then I was introduced to you and I was like oh, okay like this makes sense and then mm-hmm. it was like perfect timing yeah that makes sense that also reminds me of um because I had a similar mentality around that time too, was like the abundance mindset yeah. versus scarcity. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're scared of, of having money, you're scared of not being able to pay bills and stuff, mm-hmm. you're not going to have enough money to pay the bills because that's where your focus is, is mm-hmm. not having money. So then you're going to do things like, yeah, where focus goes, energy flows. So it's like you focus on, oh, I'm not going to be able to have enough money to pay my bills. So then you start acting on that thought and then you start mm-hmm. spending money frivolously that you don't have and can't afford and then yeah. oops you missed your bill you know yeah. and that sort of thing so uh, on the flip side where if you act in abundance where it's like i don't need anyone i'm single and i'm sufficient <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um and that sort of thing then it's like that's when you're in the abundance mindset so then things start to kind of roll in yeah it's like that um that Pareto distribution How, do you know that Mm-mm. where it's like the top 10 percent of anything has everything where it's like mm. the rich get richer um people that are buff get buffer mm. um which makes sense like once you have a certain accumulated a certain amount of muscle mass the more muscle you have the more calories you burn automatically so like the leaner you'll stay mm-hmm. um once you have so much money and it's all invested the money accumulates interest and you get richer um like the top 10 percent of um classical artists account for 90% of all the musical sales and the top three of those guys uh, count for like 80% of that 90% and it's like you see it everywhere it's that Pareto distribution where it's like once you have a little bit of something it creates opportunity for more and then you just have more and more and more and more of it it's a positive momentum thing very cool very cool <laughs> it's weird how that works yeah but like I guess if you plot it and you graph it out it's interesting how it starts to kind of look like um I feel like it would start to kind of look like that Fibonacci sequence too, mm. which you see everywhere in nature. Anyways. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. <laughs> no, but yeah, the visualization thing like coming, starting with that and then like kind of, I don't know, I just, that's why I believe in it just because it has worked for me thus far. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I continue to do it because. Yeah, it's like if it ain't broke, if, don't fix it. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I feel like that's how I'm like. I guess creating or like visualizing like my future like family because I want that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's pretty cool how like I've been like so I've been so into it that like I'll literally like get chills and like like cry because I can see it happening and I'm like mm. whoa it's like it's like trippy that I'm actually like seeing like, almost like my future even though it hasn't happened yet like I believe in it so yeah. Hard. That it's like, whoa, like, this is what it's going to be like. And <laughs> it's really freaking cool. Remember that one time you made me cry in Sedona with your visualization practice? You guys practice? know what I did? Can I tell? Yeah. So, we're in Sedona and... It was it, on my birthday? Yeah, something yeah. like that. We went with Alex and... What's her name? Taylor something. or something. I don't remember her name. And... We're, what were we on? Well, we were out in the woods... 
Okay, so we're, we're out, out by like a little river, and then you walk me through a visualization practice. Oh, so I we went out. We were just like alone, away from the group, and I told him to close his eyes because I felt like it'd be really powerful if like both of us were onto it. Like I was talking, like visualizing it, and he was closing his eyes to like see it. So I had him close his eyes, and I was like, okay, like I want you to picture everything that I'm saying. And then I just, I just kind of like started. Or like you faced me away from you too. And you're like kind of like telling it into yeah. my ear. And I, I was had just it like, set up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, I went through like a whole visualization of like, okay, sidetrack. Because I wanted to know like what you wanted in life. Do you remember that? I was like asking, I kept asking you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I like. I, I was like, this is what I want. And so I like listed like having like our family. Like I was so descriptive with like the kids like three kids like what yeah you're like, like imagine that there's like this nice two-story house and there's the like the house this... we had and like all the games and the rooms and the outdoors and the like you even made. put the legos in there i, I said the, i said the kids love it but geo loves it more because of the legos. legos yeah and it was just this long ass visualization and like i just like read all the way through it and then we both i think that's when we discovered we both wanted to be parents not when we discovered, but when I kind of realized, like, oh, like, shit, like, you care as much as I do about, like, having a family. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized that. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, because I turned around, and I was, and like, fucking tearing, dude. The first time I've ever seen him cry. Yeah, and I was, I was like, like I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you I, fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty powerful. I was like, dang. I think that's why, I mean... I feel like emotions, they mean something. So that day, yeah, that day we worked through, I've worked through a lot of shit that day. Yeah, because, like, we're in a negative space. In yeah, the we're just, like, we're doing, we're, we're like, doing a job that we both hated. Mm-hmm. We're doing it just for, like, the money and, like, the, I don't know, like, the notoriety that comes with it or whatever. But yeah. it just wasn't fulfilling, and it took, like, that day just to, like, meditate on everything and, like, to think about stuff and to, like, talk about it in the open mm-hmm. for us to, like, understand I realized that, you know, that wasn't making us happy, that we yeah. were not living fulfilled lives. Like, sure, we're, like, I was doing pretty good. I was one of the best in my company, but... At what uh, cost? Yeah. I kept saying that. Yeah, that exactly. was, like, my thing. I was, like, okay, because... Like, cool, like, you're making money, like, you're, like, you're hot shit, but, like, at what cost? Like, you're... <laughs> you're I was straight up. Yeah. I think that was one that, like, I felt that, like, I kind of saw this, like, other side of, like, where we could go and like i think not that you were blinded but you were so like because you're invested in what you're doing but then mm-hmm. it's like okay we'll take a step out of that and like look at like what you what you what's happened to you physically to you physically yeah. like whatever you're not emotionally yeah. yeah i was so like I lethargic felt- coming home super tired all the time didn't want to do shit um what else i was just gaining a lot of weight I was like, I was physically stressed all the time. Like anytime we would talk, we would talk about just work and how like I was hating it. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like that was much needed, and like that—that's kind of like a repeat of like where I was like before when I when I was in a dark place, and then I just turned to like visualization and gratitude, and that kind of pulled me out of it in a Mm -hmm. way. So I felt like that could do like a similar thing. Similar thing. Yeah. Okay, like picture like what we actually want, like what actually. Like, what we were willing to work for. And then it was just like, okay, like, this isn't aligned with what we want to do. Yeah. So, I think that's really cool, like, that we stepped out of that. And now we're here. With Zoe. With Zoe. Oh, look at her chubby girl. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I think visualization is pretty freaking cool. Because, I mean, we're just, like, 
trying to create like our own yeah. future reality or whatnot. There was even um there was a study done I think at the University of Toronto and there was these kids they did they took this group of kids and then they had them do a a kind of exercise like that where they wrote down as descriptive as they could like a four year plan, five year plan, lifelong plan. And the kids that went through that exercise, um, they had a higher percentile of graduates because of it, because they had a clear why. Oh dude, you know, this happened in soccer too. Um, for like games, like I think what held me back a lot, like when I was younger playing was like this, like obviously like in your own head, like, Oh, like I suck. What if I miss? What if I mess up? And my like ending my like soccer career, like, um, it was more so like, I would go, like, I would have this whole like, visualization routine going into games, like seeing like, okay, like I'm like, I'm a really solid player. Like I know, you know, just whatever before a game and like being very, like, I guess having intention and whatnot. And I just noticed like my game changed, like it just cause I created that. I feel, I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know, but it's just that confidence going into it with like having that. So I think that's why I stick with it is because, I mean, ever since I learned that, it's like, I don't want to steer away from it mm-hmm. because it's working. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I wanted to talk about visualization. Yeah. Because it's cool. It's interesting that you said like, oh, I feel it. Like I literally the other day when I was in that room, there's like a room next door and it's all black in there. And I went in there and I, I put my headphones in and then I like, well, first I read the thing and then I like closed my eyes to like, see it all happening with it was like cool with the song too because it was like about because of power and emotion it was like, yeah it was it was like kind of like the lyrics we're talking about like building like this is where home is stuff like that it was like it was very emotional so like i had the music in and i was just like seeing it and and i did it three night three nights in a row and i saw the same thing like happening it was like it was like my kids like coming to like give me a hug and it was like three of them and like it was like this how oh my god i'm gonna cry right now um but it was like the, we we're in this like this house and like just there's like granite counters, there's like wooden floors, and then two stories, and there's just like beautiful backyard, and it was really cool. And I got chills and I started crying, and then I've had the same like visualization of like this little kid in like a river, or, like a pond, and we're like swinging him. <laughs> I keep getting the same exact thing. Like sometimes I'll just think of it, it'll just pop in my head. I'm like, where'd that come from? <laughs> so I don't know. I think I just am consumed in like my future. Some like so it just like pops up all the time, and I'm mm-hmm. always thinking about it. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> That's cool. There's um yeah, I and I've heard of a story too where a guy, um I think it was Paul Stamets, he had a trip experience. He did mushrooms with his brother. And in the trip, he saw visuals of like, like burning buildings, floods, mm-hmm. um, like a stampede, and then like the day right after, there was a big storm, and they had this house like out in the woods, and there's a bunch of like books in there, and they heard that the storm was coming, so they drove, and then. There was like this stampede of cows like crossing the street. The house was on fire. Um, they had to wait for the flood to go down so that they can go in there and get the books out and stuff. And it's like, 
he tripped that <laughs> and like it ended up happening like right afterwards i might be getting that story completely wrong but, um i don't remember exactly what he saw but something similar like, something, something, something like yeah like the same like general kind of thing yeah. yeah and that's where he was like what and then also he his first trip ever it was crazy he said um he like he got the mushrooms he took them he went he climbed up a tree and then he oh he had a stuttering problem like he couldn't talk to a lot of people because he was like you know like a kid stutter mm-hmm. and then he was watching like lightning come and it was getting closer and closer and he's like oh i'm on a tree and there's a lightning storm i need to get down like yeah. what so like he gets down um he's like super scared and stuff and like um he notices that he he's able to complete sentences he's like oh like the neural connection is like there like my brain is wired normal i can speak normal and then the trip was over and he was able to speak normal and then he went back to school and then you know a girl that was really nice to him and you know she was always like really you know tender with him she like talked to him and then he she's like how are you and he's like i'm doing really good she's like (laughs) what like you just spoke normal he was in college. It was like his uh, freshman year. He said kid. I was like, some kid is doing shoes? Like, what? Well, anyone that is like younger than 25 to me is a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I think kid, I think like some like five-year-old. Yeah. I think it's just kind of silly when people are like younger than 25 and they think that they're like full-grown adults or fully developed. It's like, no. You haven't experienced shit. You've only been an adult for like max 18, what, seven years? Like, compared to your parents, like, grandparents, you know nothing. Like, <laughs> you haven't experienced shit. You're barely learning. Like, don't, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of my philosophy on that. But, so I'm included within the spectrum. Like, I don't take myself that seriously right now because I'm still, like, learning. Um, so, anyways, like, he did that. And then, you know, he met this kid at a diner that he was a server and he's, he's, he struggled with you know the same kind of thing and then he suggested to him like hey try mushrooms man it might work it's interesting oh my zoe all right so we got to wrap this up soon camera's about to die um any closing remarks visualize it visualize it Become it. No, guys, seriously, try it. Like, I'm not saying it's going to work at all. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, but... can I suggest an exercise for them? Yeah, dude. All right. Sure. So, before you visualize, you have to know what you want, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, this is one thing that I'm doing currently. Um, first one is my vision for 2020 and beyond. And then I'm doing uh, my financial vision for 2020. How much I want saved, if I want to be out of debt, that sort of thing. My physical vision where I want to be physically, uh, my spiritual vision, my career vision, where I want to be in my job, my passion project vision, so my podcast, where I want that to be um, in 2020. So I'll do a year and then a maybe five-year plan, 10-year plan, just keep on going after that. And then um, here's another visualization practice. Your perfect day fi- five years from now, like your non-negotiables. So let's say you just wake up randomly one day, five years from now, how would you want that day to go? Where do you want to wake up? What do you want to be doing that day? Who do you want to see next to you? Um, what do you want to smell? What do you want to taste? What do you want to do? And don't let finances create limits. 
So it's like, don't don't worry about how much it's going to cost for you to live this lifestyle. Just write it write it out. What would it look like? And just think on that. Yes. Yeah. So that's my little tidbit on that. Thank you. Whoops. It died on us. Um, anyways, that's it for today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We love you all. We hope that you love yourselves. And uh, say bye to the fam. Thank you guys for spending some time with us today. You can help us out a ton if you drop a like on the video for the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to us for upcoming content, turn on notifications, and drop a comment in the comment section below. And thank you to the artists who hooked it up with the Sweet Jams. Their links are in the description box. And you can follow us on Instagram at itbehowitis and Twitter at itbehowitispodcast. Thanks again. Y'all are awesome. Peace out. Bye.